Welcome back to the Mechanical Freak two-week free trial of podcasting software Zencaster. That's right, we've been using it for free for two and a half years. But now, up against a deadline, running out of our uh, two and a half hours a month of recording, now that they're paywalling it, uh, we, we thought we would have to start paying. No, each of us have two weeks free. <laughs> And that starts now. We've kicked the can down the road. <laughs> and we're going to bring you a podcast nonetheless. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Greg. I'm here with Brian and Munya. And hey, hey. Uh, I'm on the boat. Uh, everybody else is where they are. And we're talking, you know, for the first time in what feels like months. I, I can't believe it. I mean, it may have never been this long. We're talking about. The Seattle Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this could be so so. This is this is such incredible news. Like this, it's really good we did the two-week free trial because like what you don't get from the actually really poor sales verbiage on um Zencaster, like they they're not really describing well like what they're offering beyond the paywall. And just by trying the trial this morning, we've discovered. <laughs> That it comes with a soundboard feature and some preloaded sounds, and presumably they've got more. Oh, Brian, that surely is a home run. Uh, this, I don't know. I, we might just be sticking with this because, like, do the other ones like offer like a built-in? We've always said we wanted a stupid soundboard. Think of yeah, all yeah. the weird like free sounds they've got in there. Yeah, I think I've even talked with Colin about what it would take to set up a soundboard that like we could just you know, hit and you know, have record like as we're going. So this is everything I've ever wanted. I mean, every podcaster has talked about that. And every time they've always said, no, no, we can't do that. Um, but now Zencaster, I don't know. Uh, so we've just got some preloaded sounds that if, with the sample now, but like who knows in the future, the, the podcast could just be inundated with random sounds throughout. Like mm -hmm. how, how, I mean, that could take us to the next level like that. That's a whole new like era of podcasting for us, like of, of you know, uh, real like professional Internet radio. You know, what I want to be clear, the answer is not uh, could happen in the future. It's will happen in the future. I'm building the soundboard out. I'm going to check what right. other options we got. It, it's a, it's a bottom line at this point. <laughs> like if the other ones like if Riverside doesn't offer this feature, like there's no obviously like this that cinches it right. You know, yeah, for yeah, all we yeah. complain about Zencaster, we've always appreciated its basic functionality. And now if they're actually improving it for the money, like by giving us endless stupid like sounds and just like rim shots at the touch of a button, like <laughs> this podcast is going to be so much better and nice to listen to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> better out, output right all on its own track, too, or is this is going to be really I think it's like going to go on Brian's track. <laughs> This is no, gonna be so funny. Brian, Brian wait, wait, wait. <laughs> stay quiet. Stay quiet and try it again. Hey, hold on. No, it doesn't show up like on the audio thing at all. Like, okay. All right. So, well, there be, you go. It's not showing it's it to be us. It's gotta be its own it's track. It's gotta be yeah. outputting. Is, leave all this in. If there's no if it doesn't show up at all, leave it in. <laughs> oh, that would be no, there's no way. That's that would be the whole point. That's the whole beauty of Zencaster, is like you're able, unlike people were doing their podcasts on like Zoom, you were we found a way to, you know, these people offered a a really clunky service that allowed you to record separate tracks on the internet. They can't not, they can't be like dropping 
these sounds on anything but their own track. So it should work out. Okay, so what are we doing today, guys? Oh, we already said uh, Seattle Police <laughs> Department. Yeah, yeah. So um, there was an article in the Seattle Times uh, titled SPD Should Apologize for Violence Against Black Lives Matter's Protesters, uh, panel says. Uh, well, um, I guess uh, I agree they should. <laughs> that should be what... That should be, I think, yes. I mean, an apology is generally part of a truth and reconciliation process that, among other things, keeps you out of a long prison sentence. Yeah. Also, like, another thing that occurs to me, like, this is, like, uh, perfectly timed, this coming out in the uh, ramp up toward getting out from under the consent decree, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I suspect uh, that might have something to do with uh, some of this discussion. But let me give you the first three paragraphs here that kind of set up the ooh, that kind of set up the scenario here. The Seattle Police Department should quote offer a sincere public apology for its violent response to Black Lives Matter protests and that brought thousands of demonstrators to city streets in the summer of 2020. A panel of police, citizens, and accountability experts has concluded. And oh, accountability and experts? Uh, uh, <laughs> you mean people with Twitter accounts? Am I right, guys? <laughs> How come I didn't get an invite? And it's, yeah, fourth and, and it's fourth and final sentinel event review of the SPD's response to weeks of protests following the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police in May of 2020. The panel found Seattle officers and their commanders were slow to learn from their mistakes, repeatedly failing to recognize the difference between the throngs of protesters exercising their First Amendment rights and the few troublemakers in the crowd. Panelists, who included community members, police accountability proponents, and police officers and commanders, <laughs> also acknowledged the, quote, longstanding trauma and fear many have of police as a result of institutional SPD racism and discrimination. When the murderer is on his own jury. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, once you name police to the panel, it's like, why even have it? at that yeah, point fuck like, off, what, like what are you even doing well but yeah so to so give us something to laugh about to give us like uh fodder for rim shots basically yeah pretty much so the sentinel review just to give like <clears throat> a, a quick sort of thing is uh these are after a bad thing happens you convene a special panel to discuss said bad thing and what could have been done better and what this is is essentially the final meeting of this group to talk about the police response to 2020 protests. Uh, they had lots of findings. Under uh, whose we'll auspices? Like, who who set this? Who set up? Is this just part of a, a, the department's own policy? Is this internal to the department? Or is this like the state? Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, they did one of these after the WTO protests, too. And it was kind of weird because everybody set up their own individual panel. So after the mm -hmm. WTO protests, the pol SPD had their review of the events. The city council had their review of the events and the mayor had their review of events. Right. Uh, each review magically, uh, you know, explicated the uh, person who sponsored the review. So the SPD review said police did nothing wrong. Mayor's review said the mayor did nothing wrong. <laughs> and uh, the city council review, of course, blamed the police and mayor, which was correct. Um, now, uh, I think since then they they've adjusted it. They have a this must just sort of like kick in, but I assume this is is under the mayor's auspices. Yeah, like, the city. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the mayor would I think technically be in charge here. 
So, so unified ass covering solidarity between all of the city employees, like, uh, rather than the circular firing squad, you have the reinforcement of the status quo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, (laughs) well, let's get into some of their findings, right? So, uh, one of the findings is that SPD in this, you know, they criticize SPD in the city's inability to quote, immediately craft particularized responses to the needs of peaceful protesters while addressing threats to public order and safety uh, that have deep and lasting effects. Quote, acknowledging the underlying contributing factor of institutional and systemic racism was critical to being able to move forward as a group, right? So this is just the the head of it, which is the uh, Seattle Inspector General, Lisa Judge, um, just sort of talking about the, the panel itself. But I, I, I kind of want to get into a, a sort of point of order, I guess, here. <laughs> We're going to do Robert's Rules of Order. But already in the first four paragraphs, we've hit a couple of points that really always get my crawl about some of this stuff, which is the, you know, they, they frame it as like these were protests, you know, about the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. And while yeah. in a sense, that is accurate. That is the inciting incident, right? The protesters were very clearly critical of things that Seattle PD was doing and had done in the very recent past, including yeah. the murder of several individuals in the city. Of very Seattle. vocally. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I think the way this gets covered sometimes in the press is they like, man, people in Seattle were just so mad about Minneapolis PD and SPD was just there to try and, you know, facilitate and, you know, protect, you know, serve and protect or whatever, as opposed to what this really was, which was, People extremely mad about Seattle PD and Seattle PD out to, you know, kick their ass for being mad at them, you know, uh, yeah. which would be a more accurate description of events. Right. Uh, but also this idea of, you know, they had to be out there to address threats to public order and safety. Uh, anybody who was down there during these events those the SPD was not there to address public safety. <laughs> they were the threat to public safety. <laughs> yeah. The menace, <laughs> if you're downtown in those events, was SPD. If you were going to be hurt, it was going to be by SPD. Like, that that was not even a question. Like, that was an obvious thing. I did appreciate that the panel was able to uh, come to grips with their own ideas about systemic racism so they can move forward as a, as a group. That was, that's good for them. Uh, I, I look forward to the memoir from them about how they, they found themselves. <laughs> uh, maybe they can do some like, uh, you know, a corporate speaking tour about that, like, you know, as an adjunct <laughs> to like broader sensitivity trainings. Um, another thing that annoys me is this quote from her, you know, they f- the SPD and the city's inability to quote immediately craft particularized responses yeah. to the needs of peaceful protesters is like, that's like um that's really putting a particularly strange narrow frame on what they needed to do as if like because this was some i mean what are you saying there it's like oh they they were, they were too stupid to come up with uh out of you know out of nowhere a particular you know crafted uh response to the needs of what was going on in this moment and it's like why would they need to do that? The protests have happened forever, including under, you know, uh, modern policing in America and including 
re- in the recent uh, memory of this city and a lot of the people in leadership at SPD, like, why would you need to craft new and specific uh, responses? Is it maybe they go into maybe this is something in their discussion about like, well, you know, the 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 uh, the department had all this, you know, training and response prepared for mass protests like the to, like the WTO, but that because of the different character of this. Uh, they didn't respond. They responded like with the wrong playbook and they needed to come up with something new. Or you can imagine them saying something like that in their discussions like, oh, well, they deployed all the, 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 the great strategies they had prepared, you know, in the years since WTO for, you know, confronting political radicalism and, and, you know, black block violence in the street, but hadn't, uh, stopped to consider, how to m- modulate that specifically for the case of people protesting specifically the police and how much they hate Seattle police department. Um, and that there was greater sensitivity needed for that. Uh, if there's, if, if there's anything they're talking about that makes any sense, it would be that, but also, but again, like, you know, if the solution here is to actually allow people to, uh, you know, express their, you know, the rights we're supposed to supposedly have in America, um, then that like you don't need to come up with something. You could just let people do that. Um, I think, yeah, like it, it does feel like that's a way of a, that's like the extent of the way they're going to address your first point, Brian, that this mm. was a specifically a protest about the police and thus the police's role in that it has a specific character and there's a there's a certain sort of circular reinforcement uh of that that they're probably if they're going to beat her but it sounds like they're going to beat around the bush uh yeah. totally you know well they it's interesting and we'll get to this further in but they come to the conclusion that at you know several of the protests they look at very specific events but several of the protests you know they come to the conclusion police seemingly just wanted to beat up protesters and then did it right and it's like, okay, well, it seems like uh, this idea of, oh, they just didn't have a fine enough, like, response. Yeah. You throw that out the window. Like, they did what they wanted to do, which was beat people up, right? Uh, but then they also suggest that police should have some sort of weird, multifaceted mission in these things, which one is facilitate the protest. I just, I'm very curious of what police facilitated protests against police would look like in these people's minds. <laughs> but the other part of it was, but also root out the wrongdoers. It's like, Again, not addressing the elephant in the room, which is to the police, those protesting them are the wrongdoers by definition. Yeah. So saying that it's okay to go beat the shit out of and arrest people that you see as you know being wrongdoers or being whatever. It's like, well, the police think that about everybody there. So what are you talking about? Right. So, again, just refusing to deal with the elephant in the room, which is the police are a political organization. And this was a political struggle against that political organization. Therefore, acting it to respond or pretending like it would respond any differently is crazy. So here, let's get, you know, uh, this is good journalism here. We got the conclusion right up front. So let's get to the conclusion right here and then we'll talk about the details. So a public apology from Seattle police, the panel concluded, would be, quote, a significant step in building trust between police and Seattle communities. In response to the report's call for an apology, the department referred to a previous public letter from Chief Adrian Diaz, who said he was, quote, deeply sorry 
to those who had lost trust in police or were hurting, and, quote, to members of the community and the department alike who bear the physical and emotional scars of the 2020 protests. Quote, reform means that we accept the responsibility that is, that is ours to bear, we learn from our experience, and we consistently strive to do better. We have, we can, and we will continue to do better. Well, guys, that sounds like that's <laughs> all solved <right>. it. Cool. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. That's the, yeah, good. Well, I mean, it's telling They're going to do better. <laughs> that this finding, the apology ask from this, you know, commission or whatever is the headline that the Seattle Times is choosing to write about this, like framing it, you know, like that there isn't anything more juicy than that, really, to like work through this idea of this report coming out like in no way is an apology a significant step of any kind you know <laughs> like when you're yeah. talking about an institution with power that committed crimes you know well you have all the classic elements of a non-apology in here right which is the say yeah. like uh so you know the harm that was done to members of the community and the police department you know <laughs> like uh we accept the responsibility that is ours to bear right it's like well, Mr. Diaz, I would love to know what responsibility do you think is yours to bear? And to which you'd answer, none. We did everything right, and we were the victims, as you said above, right? And it's like a classic sort of like, uh, yeah, we got to fart something out. So let's go out and make sure that we don't admit any wrongdoing and don't make any promises to change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> which ending with the very classic, uh, we're going to do better. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put it forward. Uh, the the Seattle PD is gonna they've they were going to do better for 20 plus years now since WTO, right? And uh, nothing has changed. So uh, we can go and put that in the trash can. But it's you know uh, I love it. You know, like oh yeah, totally. Th thanks, Adrian Diaz. What do the uh, accountability experts on the panel say about that uh, apology that already existed? Did they know about that apology when they? recommended that Seattle the thing <laughs> Seattle Police Department needs to do to move forward from 2020 is apologize. Uh, I guarantee you they do because uh, I guarantee you the police on the panel immediately the second they brought this up were like we already did that. We already yeah, did that. Course. It's done. It's mm -hmm. done. We did that. And that's why and it's in the that's why it's the recommendation <laughs> of the report, right? It's a thing that's already been done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. God, that must have been an awful room to be sitting in, I gotta say. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the actual nitty gritty here. So the latest review focused on the police response to three specific protests, all of which occurred after the city had shut down the Capitol Hill organized protests at the end of July. So after the chop, a massive July 25th protest by more than 5000 people uh, downtown and on Capitol Hill over then President Donald Trump's announcement that he intended to send federal agents to Seattle, escalating tensions. Quote, panelists identified what appeared to be a wholesale use of force against the crowd, despite the protest being largely peaceful, the report concluded. All right, event number two. A September 7th march and protest outside the Seattle Police Officers Guild. Oh, who doesn't remember this one? Mm. Where union officials blasted country music from loudspeakers as officers charged into the crowd on bicycles. Officers issued unlawful commands, such as run and go faster, as they used their bicycles, pepper spray, and blast balls to shove protesters back onto themselves, creating a crush. Wow, sounds like a reformable institution. Yeah, and well, officers also planted fake uh, <laughs> fucking Molotov cocktails for the photos. In like uh, mint, mm -hmm. in mint uh, bandanas and Corona yeah. bottles. Like literally yeah. it looked like they just bought it off of Walgreens that day. Yeah. Well, just, just for the no, cameras. No, you don't remember 
They also had video of somebody carrying the bottles around who, I mean, granted, he looked like John T. Mick undercover police officer and nobody <laughs> knows who he is because yeah. uh, he's, you know, a member of Seattle PD wearing a hoodie or whatever. Uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Um, quote, panelists identified a sense of anger and frustration, which influenced tactics and behaviors of officers during the incident, which the report described as, quote, confrontational. It appeared SPD issued the dispersal order to justify riding unprovoked into the crowd, the report said. It's like, it didn't appear that way, guys. That's what happened. Like, obviously, you know. Um, Cops oh, start so all riots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- literally, go back to the Kerner Commission. This is like the just the oldest fact of policing is that police start all riots, right? And also, again... I, I guess this is what gets to my craw about the whole thing about like, oh, you know, we just got to talk about like they just use the wrong tactics and, you know, they needed to be like more subtle in their tactics and like how they use all this kind of shit. And it's like, well, it sounds right here like they're out of control and just want to beat the shit out of people. Well, and then like, they what's did what's their it. objective. I mean, you're not talking about so, tactics. You're talking about objective yeah. here. OK, yeah, like, yeah, it's like if their objective was to beat the shit out of people, was to escalate violence, was to implicate uh was to do, I mean, to justify the existence of policing by creating a riot, which is what they do all the time, then they did the right thing. Then they did it exactly right. Like by by framing uh, protesters for violence, like either broadly, like the riot that then gets, you know, talked about in the media, like as like, oh, clashes erupted between protesters and police when it was really just police erupted at at children walking by yeah uh or uh you know the the national coverage of like the fake fucking um molotov cocktails like Mm -hmm. you know that they're not talking about here because no one's gotten to the bottom of that uh no one's found that guy that uh there's tons of video of uh to my knowledge unless, unless someone did find that he was a specifically a cop but um you know it's like that it's the objective here so you're like this is all i was look this is all obvious like you know obviously we're going into this understanding that this the purpose of this commission is to is just to to say some bullshit to get everybody to move on you know but like yeah, it's the barrier it's, 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 it's uh laugh laughably ridiculous uh if you're actually so, trying to get to any kind of truth so given so that was event number two let's do the third event which has an interesting description a September 23rd march involving about 200 people on Capitol Hill sparked by a Kentucky grand jury's decision not to indict officers for the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. During the march, an officer was struck with a bat. You know, citation needed. And another <laughs> officer rolled his bicycle over a protester's head. That's actually on camera, so we know that happened. Um, interesting. Again, what uh, does the commission in their mind think the uh tactical issue was at hand with the cop deciding to roll his bike over somebody's head you know like oh so disgusting man oh fuck i i I remember that video Mm -hmm. and and then it was like not you can't really deny that that was just like an accident right like this is yeah these are all like really deliberate actions yeah 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 i mean they're all they're all clearly choices made by spd and it's Uh, interesting that there's no desire to go into why rolling over the the person's head with the bike is is pretty tame compared to a lot of shit mm-hmm. they did 
Yeah. Right? yeah. It's just one of those things yeah. that's just so egregious. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it, it, that person was probably less hurt than a lot. I mean, there's people who like, one, there was somebody who did get killed because police let a car onto a bridge. But, the you know, there was also people who almost died. <laughs> you know, uh, the person who had to be revived by medics, I'm thinking, yeah. on Capitol Hill. As they were uh, under attack. being shot yeah. by fucking police. Um, yeah. You know, as the police that attacked the medics to ensure that the person was killed and then held up the ambulance so that they couldn't get help, right? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, those were worse incidents. But this one, it's just so egregious. And I just don't know how you could sit on a panel and look at that and say... Like, what's the excuse for what the cop is doing? You know, like what? What? I mean, he rolled over the. He chose to roll over somebody's head with the bike. Like, what is the? What? What possible explanation were the police on the panel giving for that? I mean, I would. I would almost love to be a fly on the wall for that moment. So let's get into their sort of conclusions here. So the panel concluded: police and their commanders failed to understand that protests are not quote monolithic. And that demonstrators are not a, quote, organized, cohesive group planning to incite violence, lumping peaceful demonstrators in with vandals and troublemakers in a crowd. The panel found led to, quote, unwarranted defensiveness and fear in SPD. So, again, I mean, we get this thing of like, oh, well, you know, they have this dual role. You know, there's there's good guys and bad guys in the crowd. And why couldn't the police tell the difference between them? Uh, interestingly, they didn't seem to probe too much into that into that as like, a political question. Well, but, isn't it like right. the implication that like if these were the quote unquote bad guys that they're saying that their actions are justified? Like, isn't yep. that kind of the implication here yep, too? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Rolling over the guy's head would have been okay if he was black block. Is basically yeah. the, the argument that's being made. Yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah, it doesn't interrogate. Like, I mean, on some level, that is true. Like that, yeah, they, they don't differentiate. But again, that that is a political choice that there is a politics behind this, not just because they're stupid. It's reinforced. It, it is yeah. um, facilitated by their stupidity. Right. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. the fear and stupidity and panic and uh, just total incompetence of the police is part of how policing works. It's part of why they're able to do what they're able to do in these situations. It's why they exist and it's why their politics is what it is because it allows them to see like any disturbance of public order as something they're supposed to attack. And it's like that. Mm -hmm. These are political considerations. These are things that are just true of police. Like it's not a tactical thing, you know, like, yeah. So the times is getting a little worried now that, you know, we've had a lot of negative talk about the police that you might be starting to get the impression that, yeah, the police see the public as an, essentially as an enemy that has to be contained, right? Uh, so here is, uh, so they give us a paragraph, uh, which I'm going to go ahead and say contains the entire contribution of Seattle PD on this panel. Uh, so here's the paragraph. The panel acknowledged officers were injured and that some in the crowds threw rocks, water bottles, bricks, and fireworks at police. An attempt was made to set fire to the abandoned East Precinct. <laughs> and firearms oh, were stolen from police vehicles. By the end of the summer, that, that one's officers, true. <laughs> officers were exhausted, stressed, and on the defensive. All of which added to the tension on the streets, the report said. So our small bean cops were just, they were just stressed out. You know what it's like to get stressed at work, guys. I mean, surely, yeah. I mean, not Greg, you know, you know, he, he's just hanging on the boat. There's, there's stress and unemployment. But I mean, Mooney, you know, what it's like to get stressed at work. Sometimes, oh, yeah, sometimes you just got to roll over somebody's head to let it out. You know, <laughs> it's it's self-care if you think about it in a way. Right. Because it makes you more productive when you when you just let out those stressors. So, 
Munia, when you get yeah. stressed at work, do you ever get a chemical agent and go down to your boss's office and just throw a gas grenade into the office <laughs> while they're having a meeting? <laughs> violate, <laughs> the, violate the Geneva, Geneva conventions. <laughs> like, just, yeah. just a typical stress at work uh, scenario. Uh, yeah, my, no, all the time. <laughs> when I get stressed out, I like to go find uh, reporters doing just news on the street and just fire tear gas grenades at them. <laughs> I, I prefer <laughs> like rubber bullets myself. Yeah. I love to just do a spray and pray on them. Whenever I see like a big yellow vest with a press sign, I just yeah. like, you know, aim my sights and just <laughs> close my eyes and just spray. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that statement like is true, right? They were mm. under stress. They were yeah. reacting in that way. They're insane. Yeah, that's what you should take away from that. It's part of their function is being insane. Mm -hmm. It's part of how and why they're politicized in the way they are and why that is protected and encouraged by shit like this panel for decades is because that's necessary to do their function of, you know, broad, like social and labor discipline. Like they're fucking out of their minds. Yeah. Uh, Like, but again, like, yeah, if you wanted to, I, I it, did I, is this just what the Seattle, the article is talking about? Or did this, this commission only really look at these, choose these three incidents to look, to investigate, the, the right? Fourth meeting of the convention of this Got group it. talked about these three episodes. Okay. Okay. So it's like, uh, yeah. All right. I mean, we can't expect like this article to like go into everything, but like, you know, if, if you were critically, you, I mean, you'd say like the whole thing kicked off, uh, in May when like they stressed themselves out uh when by attacking just peaceful people just walking down the street to hear some mm-hmm. preachers talk in a public square like and yeah, they just the, the went police ape shit openly i mean it can't go without saying i mean at that event police openly like via their social media told people to bring their families to an event that they planned to tear gas <laughs> i mean you know I just don't know what you say about such an organization. I'm going to venture a guess that that's not how the panel chose to describe it. But having been there, that's what fucking happened, right? And, you know, it's it's just incredible. The the act of forgetting that is this commission is is truly well, just incredible. The whole city. I mean, yeah. Yeah, whole like, city, yeah. It, the, you know, when they talked about... Uh, police firearms being stolen from vehicles that only that just happened the once. And it was that day, Yeah, that day when they invited people, they invited the entire city down to hear some, some boring old preachers like talk in uh Westlake square. And they just started tear gassing, just families walking down the street and pepper spraying children. And then again, in their, keyed up so they were so they were already stressed out like they started this thing because they were quote stressed out by the whole like <laughs> uh all of the politics surrounding the George Floyd the murder of George Floyd and the reaction the country was having okay they started this stressed out because this was about the police they then stressed themselves out more so much that they just that they attacked a crowd violently children Mm -hmm. and then ran and left their guns behind left their assault rifles behind they just loaded ready to go Uh, and they left their assault rifles in vehicles fully loaded and yep so like yeah you can say uh 
you know, protesters stole uh, uh, assault rifles from vehicles. Well, you know what? If you're leaving police cruisers just totally unattended on city streets without anybody around, like uh, with fully loaded assault rifles, some of those are going to get some of those cars are going to get broken into and they're going to get stolen. Like this is a thing they could just not have done. They could have actually just driven their cars away. You know, like we're taught to not have valuables like visible in our own car, you know, beyond beyond that. So take me, you know, Joe citizen. If I keep a loaded gun in my car or any gun, even unloaded and somebody steals it and then commits a crime, I am criminally liable in that act. Right. Because a gun isn't any other commodity. Right. It's not just a laptop or whatever. It is something that's made for killing people specifically right and so therefore you have a increased legal responsibility for that weapon which is why as a gun owner you you know the reason why you're told to put locks on your guns has nothing to do with anybody's concern for you personally even though you're the one most at risk of shooting yourself with it it is because of the criminal liability if said gun is stolen right interestingly though spd having completely flouted that responsibility having inexplicably at a peaceful protest uh led by like church leaders that they invited families to decided they needed fully loaded machine guns ready to go in their cars uh, just in case they had to mow down a fucking kindergarten class right you know somehow they are outside of that that response just like everything with police you know that's a responsibility for me and you that's not a responsibility for them they can do whatever the fuck they want right uh, also again i mean by the way the one bit of actual gun violence that happened at this which was a guy who drove into the protest shooting into the crowd shooting somebody in the crowd and then ran was not only had deep familial connections with spd was protected by spd from the crowd as they tried to you know he, like, get him. jumped into the <laughs> spd like barricade basically yeah, yeah uh, and ran and... into the station which is a thing yeah. that i'm gonna say regular citizens don't do Run into especially a when you station. do like an attempted mass shooting. Yeah, yeah that that was a weird quite interesting. That we've just decided not to talk about in the city again. Just well, another wonderful I mean, act the of guy, forgetting. Did the guy even get charged with anything? I have like no fucking idea he, what no, even that, happened to that, that guy. Did like, we get just stopped resolved. talking about it. He that finally did get resolved. That did come out a couple of uh, like late last year, maybe. Is like he he eventually went through the process, and mm-hmm. I, I don't remember, but he got some slap on the wrist or something. Like he got uh, yeah, probation or some shit, you know, for like some tech, you know, not for like mm. attempted murder. He literally you know? like tried His to mow down people like, oh, in I the got car. Lost. I got lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, I, if you I, see I the there's a video from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. lost as I swerved onto sidewalks to get by multiple barricades. I mean, the whole story was a joke. I mean, you know, the the magazine clips taped together so that he could reload quickly. Like the gun sitting on his car seat, ready to yeah. go. And then right? he like, shot a guy. And then he shot a guy, right? And, but just like SPD, I mean, this gets to the issue of stress. I mean, the actual stress, in the early days, SPD was having the time of their lives. But it got stressful because no matter what they did to the crowds, the crowds wouldn't go away. And people yeah. kept being mad at them. They couldn't beat their way out of this, right? Which is what they wanted to do, right? And they got stressed out because that wasn't working. Violence wasn't working. And similarly, the shooter, the SPD hired to go in and do a mass shooting. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I don't know that they paid the guy, but obviously they had like convinced him this is something he should do. You know, that shooter got panicked because he was like, oh, I'm going to go into the soy beta crowd and start <laughs> shooting them like fish in a barrel. And instead of that happening, as he is dry, tr- attempting to drive his car into the crowd, 
somebody reached in and, you know, grabbed a steering wheel from it and just, you know, essentially started stopping him, right? Physically stopping him. He shot that guy and then ran away scared because it turned out that it wasn't going to be the easy shooting gallery that he was told by police to expect, right? Just like police get scared when there's any sort of pushback against them at all, because these people are pussies, all right? They're giant fucking cowards, you know? These people are concentration camp guards, right? They don't go yeah. to the Eastern Front. They run the camps, okay? And that's that's what that guy wanted, and he didn't get it, and so he ran and hid with his friends at SPD, right? Again, a weird thing that we don't talk about, that the Seattle PD essentially had a mass shooter, you know, engage in the... I mean, again, the acts of forgetting from this event are incredible, and That's I will. Crazy. I, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing that video and I remember seeing my uh, like the shooter. And then also I saw my sister in the crowd, too, like like mm-hmm. directly like in that kind of line of sight. Right. I mean, that uh, it, having like that type of clip um, with the intentions on what he's implied to do was just uh, yeah. crazy. And again, I mean, had anybody from the actual protest done that, run into the SPD lines with a car and then open fire on one of the cops and then ran away into the protest, basically Seattle would have or- had an execution order for everybody in the city who participated in a protest. Like, we would have done mass hangings in the street had that happened, yeah. right? Like, so, I mean, I- I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it- it's just very frustrating going through this stuff because this is this is what forgetting looks like, you know, but... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> let's get into the police mania a little bit here. So the panel found police were receiving intelligence from various sources, ranging from undercover officers to the Department of Homeland Security, that emphasized the existence of so-called black bloc protesters intent on violence. Some of those reports were inaccurate or overblown. All of them were, by the way. Quote, Although you mean the one that, that there was a terrorist plot to blow up the East Precinct with all the cops inside? Yeah, yeah that one. Well, don't don't worry, we've already pretended in this article and apparently in the um, the report that that was true, you know, because somebody right. tried well, to burn uh, it down. Even like as, <laughs> you know, as it was written, you, if you're remembering back, if you're a Seattle Times reader, you're going like, oh, that must have been why they abandoned it, mm-hmm. right? Or something or like something like that. Not like they abandoned it and then like nothing happened or like some somebody like, uh, you know, tossed a firework near the building and now they call that the the attempted arson you know yeah yeah and you know i mean and it is worth saying i mean part of abandoning the east precinct was that they were told by dhs that you know that the, the that the uh crowd was gonna fly a plane into the east precinct or something right um Part of abandoning East Precinct was they were trying to invite that to happen because yeah. there's a bunch of like apartments in that same block and stuff. And they were hoping to burn down those apartments too, you know, to give them a pretext for really cracking down on the city. Now, the fact that the police were wrong about that because they're fucking morons doesn't change their mental calculus. Not that the panel considered that. Yeah, it was anyway, bait. They were, it was bait. Yeah. Yeah. So, and congrats to the protesters, by the way, for not taking the bait. I mean, it was the most obvious bait on the planet, but, you know. Still, congrats on not taking it. All right, so, quote, this from the report. Quote, panelists focused on SPD's perception of the protesters as an organized, cohesive group planning to incite violence, suggesting this expectation helped to fuel an adversarial mindset in othering of protesters. It's also probably more fun. Yeah, adding that the panel, quote, questioned whether it was used to justify increased force and aggression against individuals in the crowd. Again, I mean, it's like, yeah, obviously. You have it backwards. Like, 
Yeah. It's backwards. Well, and the thing, they, well, they the thing need to justify you, you <laughs> there is a there's a political component here. There they these protests are against them. They stand for themselves and public order against the rabble. You need to justify violence against the rabble. You come up with what you need. And that's the oldest, most obvious like thing in the book. Oh, this is this is all an organized threat or it's all outside mm-hmm. agitators or there's actual like terrorist threats against our building or whatever it is. You fu- you come up with this shit to tell yourself and to justify at the time and later like you know the it starts with the politics of it which is the the the, the boots of the state need to like stomp on the the dis the you know the dissatisfied people that's it you know yeah i mean it, it's classic like sort of fascist beliefs 101 right or you could just say even conservative beliefs 101 is you know you create an enemy uh, to justify what you want to do anyways, right? Now, the interesting thing is it seems, appears as if, and it'll be interesting to be able to read this full report, the panel didn't ask in any way why police believe these insane reports that were clearly made up and ridiculous and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, what that says about the politics of SPD and the fact that, like, isn't it interesting that that perfectly coincides with insane right-wing politics about Jewish conspiracies and all that other kind of shit, right? That is now just part of, you know, American discourse, right? Or more interestingly, the panel could have posed the hypothetical of like, or not even the hypothetical, but posed the comparison of like, isn't it interesting that despite, you know, obviously falsified reports that this is the level of panic SPD had versus say the January 6th protests in DC where they were given lots of reports about what was going to happen and police did nothing, right? And in fact, took selfies with the, you know, the chuds on Capitol Hill, right? You know, or maybe you know, there's be, a political component to this behavior. And yeah, reaction. it'd also be real interesting to to actually read this report and see if anyone asks the question. Okay, given there was a threat against the East Precinct that you believed, what was what what was the uh, choice to abandon it about? What was the logic behind yeah. that? Like. Yeah. Shouldn't you have been protecting it then? You know, <laughs> like keeping it from being burned down. Like, isn't that what you're there to do? Right. Shouldn't you have been like yeah. maintaining your cordon of cops around it 24 hours a day and around the, the all the, yeah, the whole neighborhood of apartments that would have been burned down as well. But like, uh, why did you abandon it? What, what's the logic there? Um, no one wants no one in this town. That is the question. No one in this town ever wanted to even utter to even like get near the city never did the 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 newspapers never did no no one wanted to ask that question everyone just took from the beginning like well they abandoned it because there were threats again yeah they had these threats against Mm -hmm. it and it's like what like no one wanted to, to ask that question like how does that make any sense yeah, the threat was to burn it down. And there's like, again, apartments and stuff on that block. Why would the police leave it to be burnt down? You know, and interesting. But again, you know, you're not really allowed to like question the actual political motivations of the police. Right. So we have to maintain the fiction that they're an apolitical organization. Right. So let's finish out here. The panel also criticized officers of apparently interesting use of the word, apparently intentional targeting of journalists and civil rights observers during some of the protests. That's all the article says about that, which is pretty funny. Uh, quote, 
Panelists agreed on the need for officers to limit the use of munitions and other force to the few individuals engaged in violence, rather than treating the whole crowd as a monolithic threat. The panel reviewed multiple videos showing officers using force against protesters who were attempting to move backwards, but not doing so with sufficient speed to satisfy some officers. In all, over four reports, the Sentinel Event Review Panel has identified 229 distinct factors that contributed to, quote, undesirable incidents and made 139 recommendations to the department and city officials uh, intended to prevent such events from happening again. Well, you know, I'm very excited to, to see this go into effect and uh, for all these same things to just happen again in exactly the same way next time. Uh, if anyone ever bothers uh, to protest again. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's going to take the- a lot, honestly. Like, I think it's going to take a lot. It that that was a lot of energy that was pent up over i i mean years maybe even you know a decade or so of police mm-hmm. violence that you know was you know been unleashed and that kind of like to see not only the seattle police be funded more from that but also um not much just structurally changing in general after one of the largest uh protests in all of our lifetimes is it does a big damage, I think, to, you know, morale. And it's like, well, you know, do we want to actually go through an ass beating again for nothing? Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a serious question to ask. Yeah, I mean, I, this is one of those situations where Democrats really did their job. And I mean, this is the function of the Democratic Party is to disperse the energy of these movements. But by really squatting on doing nothing, which was the Democrat position throughout these protests, uh, they, I mean... <laughs> They, they really did demoralize everybody involved. And yeah, it'll, it'll take quite a bit for, you know, essentially what will happen is a new generation of people have to come in who don't remember that. Right. Yep. And the mm-hmm. older generation is now just, you know, probably for the most part, permanently demobilized. Um, but that's what the Democrats do. You know, that's their function. That was that was, you know, the entirety of Obama's presidency was making sure that nobody came away with, you know, any sort of thoughts that things could change, right? You know, after Bush, uh, you know, this is this is their function. I mean, oh my God, guys. Is this the millennial Gen Xification? Are we gonna be like what we view like Gen Xers to be like from us, like the disaffected like people who are just kind of like permanently beaten down or we're like cynical about everything? Will that like yeah. be us like generation alpha or something? It's Except time for, for us it, all it, to go into like uh, you know finance and and uh, yeah you know, right Silicon Valley you know well whereas like Gen X at least had the very cool like distrust of brands and marketing we're gonna have yeah, all like the we same have political opinions <laughs> yeah we're gonna have all the same political opinions but we're gonna love brands and marketing instead yeah. of like ad busters <laughs> we're gonna have like a thing that's about like how to do marketing for companies right like you know like like look it's gonna take pictures of like the nike stickers that we put up you know like in public spaces <laughs> you know? so but yeah yeah it's uh, you know like I, yeah what can you say right but uh i want to pivot now to just a totally unrelated story in uh national news uh guys did you see that in the city of chicago a pair of tourists a couple uh were being apparently beaten and robbed by somebody and a citizen seeing this tried to flag down police cars uh for chicago pd who just 
casually drove around her as she tried to get in the way of the car to get them to stop and drove off. Then she went to the nearest police station to ask for help. And the police officers told him, tough luck, shouldn't have elected Brandon Johnson. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Already. The person who's not in office, that person. Yeah, he's not in office. And again, I mean... I guess, you know, this is the, you know, the, we're not obviously the first to point this out, but this is the obvious problem with liberalism is that it has to, it's obsessed with institutions and it has to defend them at all costs, these fantasies around them. But I mean, honestly, like at some point, you're going to have to acknowledge the police are a political institution in and of themselves, a extreme far right one uh, that controls huge, you know, is like a major political player, particularly in American cities. Um, well, and is, is now ready. I think after yeah. 2020, after January 6th, like the lesson has been to them. I think they've learned they've become more self-conscious of how politicized and united they are and in how much and how they stand in opposition in a more self-conscious way. And that they have that power that I mean, they knew about in some way. But like what I, my point is, what that shows you there, that's not even like. It's not even very like effective politics for like a theoretically democratic society to be like the day after the election, like as you said, Munio, when the guy's not even in office, to be saying, "Oh, you know, sorry." Uh, they're not saying, "Gosh, you know, the department's just gone to shit. We're just understaffed and crimes out of control because of all these policies or whatever." Brandon Johnson. It's not six months or a year in or something. They're not trying to make some some bullshit but um like logically coherent political point about like policy to anybody right that Mm -hmm. is them just saying fuck you that's just Mm -hmm. fuck you we're not asking for more power here we're not asking for redress of like oh these complaints we have about budget or policy or like other things that are out of our control that are going downhill in the city that are causing us to be like more overworked or something. They're just saying, fuck you. Like you, you voted for this asshole who supposedly had, you know, some, you know, at some point, uh, some kind of, you know, skepticism about like, you know, kissing the police's ass at all times. Um, and now, they're just like, fuck you. Fuck you, people of Chicago. Uh, fuck you, voters of Chicago who who elected the, uh, you know, teachers union mayor who isn't who wasn't out there kissing our ass to get permission to be mayor, you know, and that's not like that's not. Uh, it's not. Dem- that's not a. Uh, that's not democratically political, you know? That's mm-hmm. not uh, making a point that's meant to convince anybody. That's just exercising power. That's just saying, look, we have this power. We are an institution unto ourselves that, uh, and you need us. And so you have to do what we say, not because it's going to help us or make your city better, but because you, you, we have you over a barrel, you know? Like we are, we're just holding ourselves for ransom here. We're holding you, the city of Chicago for ransom for our political goals, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, and I mean to give you know just to put a uh, a little dot and I onto that. Uh, sometimes the the city or the local officials and the police do get along. In fact, most times. And this gets to another story coming out of Oklahoma, where uh, this is from the Oklahoman transcript of McCurtain County Sheriff and Commissioners discussing lynching and hiring hitmen. And what this is talking about is in a county in Oklahoma, somebody snuck a tape recorder into a county commissioner's meeting where they were talking with the sheriff's department. In the meeting, they discussed the fact that uh, they would like to lynch black people down by the creek. But, quote, you can't do that anymore because they got more rights than we got. Uh, So the one part of it. Hate it when that happens. Yeah, I, I love that the bar for having more rights is that you can no longer be openly lynched. <laughs> you know, uh, of course, though, apparently in uh, this county in Oklahoma, that's fixing to change, I guess. Um, but also more pertinently, probably to, you know, uh, people living there, since this addresses a, an individual, they discuss with county commissioners, a reporter for the local paper who had written an eight part investigative series about the sheriff's office where the sheriff told the commissioners, I know where their two big deep holes are here if you ever need them. Uh, or sorry, that's what the county commissioners told the sheriff, to which the sheriff responded, well, I've got an excavator. And then the uh, county commissioners told him, don't worry, these holes are already dug for essentially, then they go on to talk about hiring so, a hitman to kill the, the, the reporter. I like how the, the, uh, the commissioner... <laughs> has to explain to the cop what a hole is. It's like, no, you idiot. I said the holes exist already. You asshole. You fucking moron. I just said the hole is already there. You don't need an excavator. It's all it's already dug, you dumbass. <laughs> fucking morons. Well, the way I like to look at it is the sheriff, because he's by the by the commissioner saying I've already dug the holes, the sheriff's masculinity was tested. Yeah. And he had to quickly say well, like, I no, dig sir, a hole. I, I own an ex- I, I own an excavator. I mean, I couldn't dig it personally because, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, five hundred pound piece of shit. But I have an excavator. I have a machine that can do it. I hit the button. Just like by the way, he said that he wouldn't personally kill the uh, the reporter. He was going to hire a hitman to do it instead, which I thought was cute. This um, is, I mean, how, so you know, this is a, guys, this is every fucking this is like this, this is an incredible one because it's like it's just. It's not like someone combed through like years of text messages. Someone brought a tape recorder in like and caught this then, you know, and it's not even just the cops. It's the cops and the fucking uh, local elected officials. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, like that mean that like that means this is going on in like daily in most uh, police departments in America. I mean, that's if you don't like understand that from this one thing, you're a moron. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is uh, you're probably thinking, man, they really got the goods on these guys. Uh, probably heads are rolling and investigations are happening. And well, it's inadmissible news. in court, Brian. Well, and good news. No, this is America. There is an investigation. Uh, the county sheriff's department has opened an investigation into who recorded the recording and who leaked <laughs> it. So uh, no, if this, you're the person yeah, you can't who just leaked the recording, people against their out, will. Uh, yeah, get out of this county, <laughs> all right? If you if you uh, were the one who recorded, how that and dare it you, address. sir? Oh, that so, rules. This country is so cool, man. Yeah. So you know, yeah the 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 sheriff and the county commissioners who are talking about how they're going to bring back lynching to you know McCurtain County. Um, 
you know, they they will keep their positions forever. Uh, but the person who brought that up might end up in prison. So I guess stay tuned. Uh, story story unfolding. But yeah, I mean, it gets to the I guess the theme of this episode is uh, look at some point, you know, you're gonna have to do. If any sort of left project, and I mean anything from uh, the people who are like, we're going to do full communist revolution, to those who think you might get Medicare for all, any of that is going to have to involve dealing with the police at some point. Like, they're going to have to be dealt with. Like, as a political institution at this point, as you're saying, Greg, they're fully realized as a political institution. And, um, yeah, they are going to stand in the way of, of any sort of progress at this point. And... It uh, really sucks that we hired more of them than uh, any country on earth and that we've armed them all to the teeth. Kind of kind of crazy. Who needs black shirts, right? <laughs> no, we've got them. We've yeah. got we've got blue shirts, man. Like, yeah, we yeah. got them. They're already here, man. They they can do whatever the fuck they want. And they do, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a you know, open up the can of worms of the sort of uh, never ending and almost always stupid fascism debate on the internet. But, uh, you know, the reason why like the brown shirts in Germany and the black shirts existed in Germany and Italy was that essentially uh, the state, you know, could not harness the proper repressive force in order to put down like left movements. Part of the reason why you don't see such things in the United States is uh, the state has that. That's not a problem in the United States. Like yeah. the the capitalist project, in the United States has all the violence it needs at hand. Right. And uh, the left basically has nothing to return that with. So, uh, so far, no need. You don't that's need why you a... don't, That's why there's no brown shirts, guys. If that if that was a complicated question that, that was hard for you to understand. Uh, that's why we don't have them. Yeah, you don't need a you don't need to harness the power of mass movements when you already have that many people in uniform and you can pay them and organize that politically, like, and yeah. And, and, and you make it complete and, and go through the rule of law too, right? Like have it legal yeah. for them to do whatever they want, have legal protections for them. Right. That's actually a lot more beneficial than ha like kind of leveraging a mass movement uh, that you don't really have full control over in general, e even if they are working for you technically. Right. Like yeah, that was one that's a little more, yeah, that's not professional, right? Like, that's like one tool that they kind of mm -hmm. use. But this is a much more developed, a much more um, refined uh, way of, of policing, which is having a professional police force, right? That yeah. um, is basically a standing army. Yeah. Who, you know, when you give orders, will take them and stuff like that. I mean, it's the whole thing about like mercenaries versus a standing army. And it's like, you know, if you can help it, you you try and field your own army, right? Because, you know, mercenaries do what they do, right? And they're also, you know, cowardly and all that other. All that and other they're cowardly and, and they they're not money, necessarily right? like completely loyal to you, right? Yeah. Or guaranteed. Like and the enemy can just hire them for a higher price and they'll just be like, sure, why not? Right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's, there's a lot more questions, right? It's always good to control your own army. If, if you can state. field your own <laughs> internally repressive force, you do it. By the way, it also has the added benefit of it sucks all the money out of the city so that they, you know, the city, even if it wanted to, and if people like somehow were able to organize for it, can't even pursue remotely socially progressive, you know, policies because the police have basically stolen all the money out of the budget. 
and there's like nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so I mean, you know, it has like a lot of added side benefits too that are are pretty good, you know. But uh yeah. Ah, good times, good times, guys. Always always fun to talk policing on the pod. I'm starting to remember why we stopped talking about it. One, nothing ever changes, but two, you know, it gets the old blood pressure up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dark, dark stuff. Yeah. That and thinking about the 2020 stuff is uh, like so many things, just like thinking about Katrina, thinking about like so much stuff. It just, you know, thinking about Uvalde, thinking about like so many things that have happened. Um, it's, uh, it's very upsetting. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's just. It is upsetting, yeah, man. It's it's, it's crank sucks. fodder, you know. That it's what turns mm-hmm. you. It's what makes you insane. It makes you feel out of sync and out of place in your society, where you can't real. You control. You know, we sit here and communicate these things, but like you know, what what you feel like you're doing is saying things that no one is saying, that no one knows or understands. That when like everything about just in this town alone, everything about that shit is just left unaddressed you know like yeah like people won't say a lot of that shit out loud even in you know this commission all these fucking all the reporting now this commission like there's just yeah just a lot left on the table that no one's ever really going to understand uh and mm-hmm. it makes you crazy and uh you know it's another uh added benefit i guess oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah well <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. Uh, hey, everybody, we're doing Patreon episodes again. If you're oh, interested yeah. in getting extra freak content uh, this week, if you know, just in case this wasn't feel good enough, we're going to do a little potpourri of exciting stories from uh, around the country. Everything from uh, Mark Hamill just meeting some friends online to uh, child labor. It's back, baby. So uh, tune in. Get, uh, <laughs> learn some new fun details about what's happening around you. Uh, just $5 a month. Five dollars That's all it takes. That's it. So much extra content. All right. Uh, so join our Patreon. Once you join, join the Discord. Lots of people chatting over there. I took a look and saw that I'm way behind on all the message boards, which scared me. So I then ran away again. But uh, lots of things happening on the Discord. <laughs> 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 when I get too far behind, I, it makes it just too hard to catch back up again. I'm like, oh no, this is going to be like a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and a big shout out to new patron, Derek Marks. Uh, welcome to the fold, all right? So we look forward to seeing you in the chat and enjoy all this extra content, all right? Hey, go back. Jimmy Carter hasn't died yet, so I refuse to release our episode on Jimmy Carter to the free channel. So go back, listen to our episode on Jimmy Carter. Prepare oh, yeah. for his death. Check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it, big big things have been coming for the past month, you know? Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see everybody later. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.